into the contest. It's Friday the 14th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my great friend Shane Lee. How are you? I'm really well, Timmy. Thanks, mate. We're getting ready for the weekend? Mate, I'm getting ready for the weekend. It's uh, lots of uh, kids' sport on. Tom's playing both soccer and rugby this weekend, and the girls are playing basketball and netball. So, yeah, plenty, plenty of sport to watch. So you've got a great opportunity to head over across to the barbecue and get a sausage sandwich at each of them. You know, you got. You, I always think you've got to contribute to the sports clubs by buying one at least at every single venue. It's compulsory. The, the bacon egg roll with the other uh, coffee first up mm. is always a good start oh, to the weekend. Yeah, well, today on the show it is the breakfast of champions of course today on the show we have shad wicker and john stephenson it is friday fun day Now, Shane, Trent Robinson, uh, he's not starting to backtrack on his comments from last week, despite his $10,000 fine. Of course, he wasn't happy with some of the refereeing decisions. Now, good on Trent Robinson. I, I really like this guy. I think he's um, not only a brilliant coach, but he's, um, he's he's a very smart man. Look, he's got a $10,000 fine, but he, he wasn't questioning the um, the referee's integrity. He's, he's more questioning the process, and, and you can't expect a... Uh, a player or or a coach to go in, sit down in front of the media and not have an opinion. Um, there's one thing about having a go at the integrity of, of the whole bunker, but he wasn't doing that. He's more questioning the, the, the process itself. So that's a bit of a tough one and good on, good on him for not backing down. And Tim Payne saying that Steve Smith uh, could and maybe should captain Australia again? Yep, it's interesting. And it just says to me that Tim Payne is getting ready for retirement. He said he's probably got six more tests left in him, one against Afghanistan and five five against England for the Ashes. And, um, yep, he's really pushing Steve Smith's banner. I don't think they'll give it to Steve Smith after Tim Payne anyway. And finally, look, some really good news for Australian rugby. They've lost Qantas, of course, as a sponsor, but they've got the chocolates. They've got Cadbury on board. <laughs> They're going from yeah, the, the, the red and white of Qantas to the big purple of Cadbury, mate. But, um, yeah, huge amount of money put in by Cadbury. And, and let's hope that uh, the Wallabies can make the most of that and, and give them a good return on investment. Yeah, absolutely. Some good news for Australian rugby. Well, it is the magic round this weekend. Rugby league in Brisbane. Our man on the ground is comedian Shad Wicker. We'll talk to him next. I love Fridays. I love it. We've got our great man, our great mate, Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker on the line right now. How are you, Shad? Man, I'm doing well. We've got the Magic Round kicking off here in Brisbane, an entire round of football. It is an interesting time to be in Brizzy. I mean, our least successful team, but the most successful round of football. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> well, well put. Um, Steve Renouf put out a really, really good article this week saying – the, the six most most influential players he thought in the NRL at the moment. Uh, he had Tom Trebojevic, he had Jer- Jerome Lau, and Nathan Cleary as paired, Josh O'Carr, Sam Walker, and AJ Brimson. Some big names there, isn't there? I was fascinated by our list because I was keen to ask you guys about that because I 100% agree about Tommy Turbo because mm. I, I think it's like when you say influential player, it's kind of like MVP in US sports where they sure. always debate about whether is are they the most valuable player to the competition or is it because they're the most valuable player to their team? And I think in that list, I was like, you know, he kind of hedged his bets by naming the actual halves duo of the side, which is kind of a bit yeah. rich to say they're the most influential. Of course they are, mate. You take them out, what are they going to do? <laughs> but Tommy Trebojevic has to be, in my eyes, probably the most influential player in rugby league because if you take him out, as we've seen, they can't win. 
that's just they cannot win. Only team they've beaten without him, I'm pretty sure, was my horrible Warriors, which they kicked a field goal with ten seconds ago. Yeah, he was he was superb last week, and it was a commanding performance, wasn't it? And uh, you know, Des Hasler was lining up at centre link. Manly couldn't beat time with a stick. Turbo comes in, and he's given everyone around him this enormous sense of confidence. We might have to get Steve Renoff on next week uh, to talk about that. Of course, the mighty Pearl, the famous Queenslander. But uh, tell us about the beat on the street because last year, I mean, you were doing magic tricks in your own house because you couldn't get anywhere. It's uh, certainly an improvement this year. It is. It's good that we've got the round and we're going to have a you know a full SunCorp Stadium, so they say. I'm I'm a little bit. The buzz isn't here this year, and I I wonder if it's you know if it's one of these reasons or a mixture of all of them. You know, obviously COVID, the border issues. You know, a little bit of a case in Sydney. Maybe that's stopping people from coming up. But the the buzz in Caxton Street, mate. It is quiet. We do a comedy show at the Good Chat Comedy Club at the top of Caxton Street. 2019, weren't even allowed to run gigs because it was absolutely packed up and down Caxton that it'd be impossible to do. Last night, we had the show on and upstairs at the venue was trivia. So I don't know. (laughs) There was one guy that came in, though, I will say this. One guy that did come in, and I Uh, love his passion. He had a Broncos beanie on, first off. Good on you, mate. That's brave. But the other part was he had shaved in the back of his head. Do you remember... I'm trying to think who the player was now that had Q at Queensland in the side of his head at Origin. Um, Webb, Carl Webb. Oh, right. Carl when, Webb. He, when he had the Queensland hue shaved into the side of his head, this bloke, what a throwback. That type of haircut in the back all around his head. And you could tell he had come here from regional Queensland expecting it to be pumping for Magic Round. And boy, was he disappointed when there was just a trivia game. <laughs> he might have walked away with, with a meat with a meat raffle tray anyway. That would be good. Where, where were the Summer Olympics held in 1976? A, Montreal. <laughs> B, yeah, he just Queenslander. Sorry. <laughs> that's not the right answer, unfortunately. Oh, now, now Shad, Shad, talking about uh, magic round, um, the Broncos have pulled off a little bit of magic. Adam Reynolds is coming to town, and I reckon – um, I just have a funny feeling Wayne Bennett might pop up there as coach next year as well. Who knows? Do you reckon coach or do you reckon uh, one of those weird little, I don't understand Manager. what no mean, coaching director. I don't quite understand what that is entirely. But um, I, 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 part of me thinks you might be right, but I also mm. feel like my problem with the Reynolds signing, I love Adam Reynolds. He's one of my favourite uh, players. I think with South as well, with my mm. family being South fans, absolutely love him and devastated he's going to leave. But... <sighs> One of my problems with the Broncos, I think I've said it to you guys before, is they seem to be, even when Wayne was in his back for years, to fix every leak with a New South Wales player. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you know what I mean? Like they, they got Bird, they got Lodge. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that New South Wales doesn't have some decent players, but like I feel like if you're the Broncos, when you were the best, you were the Broncos that was stacked full of players from Queensland, you know, players that you had brought yeah, up yeah. and you've been embarrassed this year by so many of your riches going to other teams. Mm. And you've now gone and got Adam Reynolds. And I feel, I wonder if it's more of a Band-Aid across a, bo- a broken back where you guys cannot hold on to and possibly even breed really good backs at the moment. Yeah, I think the point you're trying to make is that New South Wales are going to kick Queensland's ass in 2021. Is that is that what you're saying? You be careful, Tim, because you guys were saying that last year. Uh, Look at how that's going now. Yes. 
Well, we haven't had a game. We're winning at the moment. We haven't had a game yet. Uh, what, what about uh, – what? I'm just trying to work out that comedy store. Is that right next to that kebab shop? Because I, I used to always get kebab all sauces at the end of Origin, right up the top there at Caxton Street. I tell you what, for the listeners that are very familiar mm. with the top of Caxton Street, what you've just described is the location of the famous strip club, Honeybees. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's what I used to do it's 25 years ago. a very different kebab, ago. that one. It was a different style kebab shop. <laughs> We are nearby. We are nearby. We know where to send the patrons after a good laugh. <laughs> what was that address again? What about this chess story? You've got a you, you found it. You found a cracking little yarn for us. Tell us about it, Nate. I um I've obviously when the when a lot of the sport took a little bit of a break, uh, I was sifting through KO trying to find anything to keep myself occupied. And mm-hmm. one of my mates pointed out to me a sport that I I feel like you guys should get around. It's called chess boxing. Mm-hmm. So it's like apparently it started, uh, I think, in Russia and now it's like spread across like the UK. And essentially what it is is uh, two boxers get ready in the middle of the ring and play three minutes of chess. <laughs> then after the first round, they bring the chess, they take a dead's ten. It is on KO. You can watch the full championships. They take the chessboard. Don't move any of the pieces. They take chessboard out of the ring and then they box a three-minute round of boxing. <laughs> then the next round, they bring the chessboard back in and they keep going until someone either gets checkmate or is knocked out. How, how, do, you, how do you move the chess pieces with those gloves on? It'd be tough, wouldn't it? They are degloved each time. So <laughs> okay, that was one gotcha. of my first issues as well. <laughs> it's the most weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing to watch in the center of the ring, too, guys, especially as the rounds go on and you think you'd be getting punched in the face. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Twister boxing? We play that game too, couldn't we? Do you reckon the person that came up with that idea had an Orchie bottle? Or um... here's my here's my question to you boys though. If we were to get the two of you into the ring for a game mm. of chess boxing, which round do you reckon you're going to win? The chess oh. or the boxing? I think I have to punch Timmy's head out first round in the boxing. I reckon <laughs> he might beat me in chess. Oh. <laughs> I'd castle straight up, but I'd have to make sure the gloves are off. Be Casparol, Casparol versus Cardinal. It'd be the best, best little bit of advertising for afternoon sport. Shad, we will see you next time. The Queen takes the King, my friend. No dramas, boys. Enjoy. Coming up on afternoon sport, Johnny Stephenson's been watching all of the motor racing. We'll talk to him next. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. It is Friday. That means it's John Stephenson time. John, look, I've had a good think about this. Can you do some sprint training for me? Can you get the big it's Friday, you know, tumbling? Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday. Yeah, sprint training for me, man. I know. Listen, listen, Tim. We have we've we've had this discussion many a time. Mm. I love you the way you are, my good friend. 
You don't yeah. I need no sprint training. I don't care about your golf handicap. I don't even care about the frumpy clothes you wear sometimes to golf. Ooh. I love I love you for who you are, my guy. Well, it doesn't sound like you are. That last comment was the giveaway because there was no donation of anything about my clothes. But um, let's move on to real sport rather than me trying to sprint over five metres. Canelo and Saunders, what did you think? Ah, uh, what a fight. I, 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 look, I did build this up quite a bit on our last uh, last time we chatted about boxing. But look, Canelo really showed that he is the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world. You could sort of tell, you know, from the beginning of the fight that Canelo just had this guy's measure. I really rated Billy Joe. I thought he tried to box, he tried to move, he tried to give Canelo problems he couldn't solve. But Canelo had the answer for every mm. sort of, you know, combination, footwork, and every anti that, uh, that Billy Joe threw at him. And the fight ended in a horrific uppercut that ended up breaking the cheekbone of Billy Joe Saunders. He didn't, he didn't come out after the eighth round. His, his corner called the fight off and Canelo stayed the, he unified all the belts and stayed the, he stayed the pound for pound, uh, you know, champion of the world. And he, he just fought brilliant. I just, I, I, they reckon Caleb Plants could be the next best fight for Canelo. And I, I, I just don't see anybody beating Canelo anytime soon. He's in the prime of his career and he's absolutely mm. murdering him. What about, what about the Zoo Castle Entertainment Center? That's what they're calling it. The, uh, the, the Tim Zoo versus Zarafa. I tell you what, if the fight itself lives up to the, the hype and the expectation, it's going to be a ripper, isn't it? Oh, again, I, I just think, I think, Tim's going to be just a class above Michael. Uh, Michael's talking a massive game. No, no, don't get me wrong. Michael's a great fighter. And, and uh, you know, he's fought some really classy fighters around the world like Cal Brooks. And he, he went 12 rounds with Cal Brooks. And if, if anybody that knows their boxing, Cal Brooks is a Sheffield boy from the United Kingdom. That's not a punk. You know, he can actually – he's fought Spence. He's fought a lot of great people, Cal Brooks. So I just don't think – I just think Tim is too confident He's very strong. I think he's going to be too sharp. I think Michael's going to have a tough fight in his hands. I reckon the fight's going to end earlier than what we expected. I think in four rounds, I think the fight will end. Um, and then Tim mm. will be on to a world title shot. Now, I know you love your motorsport, so let's have a little look at that. What, what did you think of the, the Grand Prix, the latest Grand Prix, Hamilton again? He's so clever, isn't he? Seven laps to go. Boom, he goes over the outside. Ricardo was better. Tim, he, Ricardo is great to see Ricardo perform a lot better. I mean, we didn't, I didn't expect him to get a top six finish. Uh, uh, it was. It was just. You know. I. I just think. You know. Lewis Hamilton is just. He's just too good. I don't think it's always the car. I think their team is brilliant. I think the strategy won the race for this Grand Prix. Uh, Max Verstappen was fast, or uh, or they won the start. Um, and just chose the wrong strategy. They chose to do a two-stop instead of a one-stop. Lewis had the fresher tyres, making up two seconds a lap towards Verstappen. By the time Lewis made that move, Red Bull was was behind the eight ball and and were really really sitting ducks. And uh, mm. and then Lewis just went around him with six laps to go, and and the rest is history. I mean, it just shows you know when when you're on song and everything's going your way, it goes your way. And and Lewis can't make a make a wrong turn at the moment. Oh, he's a genius. He's an absolute genius. What about the bend in South Australia? I know you love your tin. Tops and, and and in answering this, you, is there a chance you might get back in the cockpit soon? I can't wait to get back. I, I missed two rounds um, filming that SAS show, so that, I was really feeling that. But you know, it was great seeing VH back at the Bend. Such a such a cool track, um, and I was very lucky, Tim. I mean, you know, I don't mind a bit of a flutter on sports bet every now and then, mm-hmm. and uh, I end up getting Andre Heimgartner at fifty one dollars to win the first race. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great weekend for me. It made watching the race even more enjoyable. But you know, Shane Van Gisbergen showed his showed what his worth was again this weekend. He came from seventeenth all the way up to I think up to I think it was 
third or second in the first race, and then mm. in in the third race he he, he should have won the, the last race, but Cam Waters was just too good and managed to hold him off when he, when he came out of the pits. And um, but the, I think we're seeing a trend now. I, I do think DJR uh, is going to be around there with, with Di Pasquale and, and Davidson as far as towards the top end of the mm. championship. I think Shane is still going to be the favourite for the rest of the year. And I think Cam Waters, I think it's going to be really interesting what we see Cam Waters. And then you've got your nibblers like Andre Heimgartner, Reynolds, you've got Chaz Mostert that are just nipping around mm. the area that are going to take race wins to make, which will make it not as easy as what Shane thinks it's going to be for the rest of the year. Well, uh, now that you told me you won the bet, we're having lunch over the next few days. I know who shout it is, that's for sure. All right, what about UFC this weekend? UFC 262, Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Now, Michael, I did not pick Michael in his last fight, and he absolutely fought like a beast. I do think Michael wins this fight. He's not the favorite. So if you are a betting person, I'd be jumping. I think he's at $2.20. I'd be jumping all over that because I do think he can win. He does. He's got a really tremendous story, Michael Chandler. Even Oliveira, they're rating him as the next best thing, but I, I just got this feeling that Michael will come through. And Tony Ferguson, who we all rated and thought was going to be, you know, unstoppable. He's had a few hard fights as of late. I think he's in the September of his career. He's, he's fighting Darius, and I think Darius does win this fight. He's a dollar seventy favorite, and I think the, the, the bookies have got it right. So um, UFC 262, make sure you check it out this weekend. I reckon it's going to be a great card. It's unlike Donkey Kong. Well, we're putting our card together for the next Paul Callan, Paul Gallon fight. We've got Michael Slater taking on the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. We've got... <laughs> Bogart versus We've got Koshi and Eddie Maguire going hammer and tongs. If you could pick one person, who would it be? Who would it be? Johnny Stefan, who? If we could get you on the undercard. If it's one person I could take on, Johnny mm-hmm. Stefan. And COVID-19, if that was a person, put me in there with our knock. like Donkey Kong. Well, we're putting our card together for the next Paul Gallon fight. We've got Michael Slater taking on the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. We've got Koshi and Eddie Maguire going hammer and tongs. If you could pick one person, who would it be? Who would it be? Johnny Stefan, who? If we could get you on the undercard. If it's one person I could take on, Johnny mm-hmm. Stefan... And COVID-19, if that was a person, put me in there without knocking what clean out. I wonder what, what COVID-19 would look like. It would be an interesting, ugly-looking character. John, the pleasure was all mine today. I love it, Timmy. Good to hear your voice. Have a great weekend, my man. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today, of course, to Shad Wicker and to John Stephenson and our wonderful sponsors, Shano. Yes, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We will be back next week for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you Monday, guys. Take care.